tonight out of the book of First Kings. Sweetie, would you get me my specs out of that outside pocket of that thing in the jig there? That doohickey. First Kings 18 and 19. Anybody have any idea what that's about? On Mount Carmel, that's very good. Just on that. Hello. Ooh, yeah, baby. This, uh, you know, where it's headed, right? It's going to a time of prayer. That's where it's going. But in chapter 18, Elijah was led by the Lord to do some things. He had to go. To a fellow by the name of Ahab. Am I right on that? Ahab had a, I won't call her an old lady. I don't really do that much. It's your wife, but he had an old lady. She was what? An old bat. That would be another good explanation of her. And her name was what? Jezebel. Jezebel gets talked about in the book of Revelation, too, the spirit of Jezebel. So there must be something to her and about her. But anyhow, he's told to go and more or less to show off for God. I'm ad-libbing it, and you can read it there in chapter 18. But he gets there to challenge the prophets of Baal. And the people of Israel had already turned away. And he went to them more or less. And if I see if I can get this quote right, he said, you know, uh, who are you going to serve? Choose this day whom you will serve. He put them on the spot. And so he put a challenge down. He, he drew a line in the sand and he said, here's what we're going to do, boys. We're going to, you guys are going to build an altar. It was 450. Am I right on that? Was it 450? 450 prophets of Baal. And he said, you guys can go first, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to build an altar, and we're going to put some wood on it. And we're going to make sacrifices. And you fellows are going to pray. And if your God can bring down fire, then that's who his God is. But if my God can bring down fire, that's who God is. So he let them go first. Now, folks, these fellows done something that they, they came out and they did that and they did their chanting. They did their ritualistic things that they do, calling upon their God, Baal. And Baal couldn't get the job done. So what does Elijah do? He goes and makes fun of them. Am I right on that? Y'all get me. If, I'm, if I get off of it, help me. But it's a good story because he goes up and he's more or less, I picture in my mind that he is mocking everything that they do. So, well, maybe your God's sleeping. And you need to yell out. and he, maybe, maybe he's going on a journey. Maybe he's on a trip. And you need to holler for him to come on back. And so they did all these fancy dances. They did all these things. They even went to the place of cutting themselves. Now, we got a big problem in this world today and in America with teenagers. and Well, not just teenagers. Just other people doing all kinds of hurtful things to themselves like it's a sacrifice to God. Can I tell you something? That's Balaam worship. We need to help them through that because that's not how we serve our God. And so they did these things, and yet nothing happened. 
So Elijah goes up, and he tells these fellows, he said, now you get some water, and I want you to pour on the sacrifices, and I want you to pour on the wood. He dunk a trench around it. I'm not real sure of the amounts, but it was quite a bit of water that filled the trench. He soaked everything real good. And then when God's fire came down, it consumed everything, even the dirt, burned the dirt up. Dried up all the water, consumed it all. So then they knew who God was. Now the prophet now has people that's going to listen. And so he tells them to go after every one of Baal's prophets, get them, hunt them down, and kill them. That's about the end of the chapter. Then you go into chapter 19, and that's where I want to go tonight to start reading. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also he, how he had executed all the prophets of the world. That's just a spineless man going to go yelling to his wife what somebody did. She must have had some power. Hmm. Then Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more so if, you do not make your, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Kind of reminds you of them one westerns that we watch, right? You know, sun up, we're going to be there, we're going to get you. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. Now that woman really scared this man. Just called down fire from heaven, an all-consuming fire, And she sends a messenger says, I'm coming to get you, boy, and scared him to death. So he takes off and he runs. And he says, I pray, prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And then as, they lay, then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And then he looked, and there by his head was a cake uh, cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of the food. 40, uh, he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out. Now that he is God. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and the great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks. Now that's a wind, ain't it? Broke rocks. And broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it 
that he wrapped his face in, the, in his mantle and went out and stood out in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel has forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And then the Lord said to him, Go and return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint uh, Hazael as king of Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel. And Elisha the son of uh, Shephat of Abel Meholah. You shall anoint as prophet in your place. And it shall be whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet, as I reserved 7,000 in Israel, all those knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth has not kissed him. We're going to stop right there. He thought he was alone. God said, no, there's some people that they ain't, they ain't bowed down yet. We're living in a time in our society today that Christians need to get to the place that they have to learn to hear. We have to learn to hear from God. Society has so many voices in our ears. The news, the TV shows, the movies, the social media, the cell phone that you always got with you and we complain when we don't have signal in a certain spot. We've always got a variety of voices that are calling on us. We're mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. We're all these things. We're co-workers. We're church members. And all of these relationships have this ideal, and, and they should have, that, that we need to listen to the voices. But if we want to listen, we don't only hear with our ears, but we have to hear with our hearts also. Amen? We have to be able to take what someone is saying and listen with our hearts also. And we must listen whether we want to hear what God has to say or not. Because brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you tonight, if you ain't listening to what God has to say, it's going to be a rough, bitter, miserable road. It will be. And we need to listen to the Lord whether we want to or not. Whether we want to listen to what he has to say, we must remember that as we walk through our life, it's not my will, but it's his will. We have to look for his will. And his will is what matters. His will is where safety lies. His will is where deliverance lies. His will is where we get saturated with the Spirit of God. It's his will, and that's what we seek tonight. As we pray tonight, we need to be praying for his will. It's okay to make a request of God. Make it known to him. The Bible tells us to do that. But we need to also be about what his will is. Because his will's perfect. He has never messed up and he ain't about to start. If we think he has, then the problem lies within our hearts and not in God. And so many people turn away from God because God didn't perform the way they thought he should. You see, that's a messed up mindset. We don't have to tell God how to perform. Our place is to get in, in, into, into cahoots, so to speak, or in stride or in rhythm with God. That's what we're to do. But Elijah, in the first two verses that I read, he gets a word that the devil is after him. That's who Jezebel is. She's the devil. 
You can, call, you can come up with all kinds of names there, but uh, labels or whatever we want to do. But I got a question for you. I can't tell you how many people I talked to this weekend. I talked to a bunch because I must have walked 500 miles around that place and see people that I hadn't seen in a while. And I can't tell you how many times they said, please pray for me because the devil is really on me. I got a question. How is it that we always hear and know what the devil's doing, but we can't hear from God? Why is it easier our Lord and Savior who sent his spirit to be among us and to be in us and wants to talk with us, gave us a Bible to read, gave us mouths that we could pray with, and we can never ever seem to find the will of God, but we always know what the devil's doing. You hear what I'm talking about tonight? We always know what the devil's got to say, what the devil's doing, and we spend more time talking about the devil and what he's got on his agenda, and we know what it is, but yet we can't seem to figure out what the will of God is. And we look for all kinds of signs. We look for all kinds of things. But let me tell you about Jezebel. Jezebel is, is someone who has a spirit of intimidation. How do I know how you'd want to spot a Jezebel spirit? And, and folks, whenever you want to avoid them, don't want to hear what they got to say. Especially if it's all negative. Jezebel's always out to tear down the people of God. Jezebel intimidates people. Because she did that with Elijah, right? He ran away. He had to run away. He had to run and hide. He had to get away, and then he felt bad about it and told God, just go ahead and kill me. I ain't no better than the rest of them. That's what Jezebel does. That's what the devil does. That's what he tells some of you. He has told you that, and if you live long enough, he's going to tell you that again, that you are not worthy. You don't know what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter about anything. You just need to go ahead and lay down and die. You need to just turn your back on God. You're not worth being called a, a follower of Jesus Christ. You're not worth being called a preacher or a Sunday school teacher or someone who's going to carry the gospel to someone or someone who's going to give the word or a word of encouragement or a word that somebody needs so that they can be strengthened and the devil will say, you ain't worth it. You just sit down, shut up, because there's nothing going on. And that's what Jezebel does. She intimidates people. That's what the devil tries to do. But, folks, we know Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, he overcome the devil. Amen? His word will overcome the devil. He showed us that. He was our example to say, this is how you defeat him. Just throw the scripture in his face, because he can't get past that. He can't, and we have to have that, that scripture inside of us to be able to throw it at him. But he said here, he said that he needed to be alone, so he takes this trip. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes we have to get away from all the noise. You know, we get ready to do anything that we want to do, and if we start asking too many people their opinions, we'll be 40 years getting something done. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody wants to be heard, and then they need to get mad whenever you don't listen to what they said. Sometimes we just need to get alone and find out what God has for us. 
You ever felt like you stood alone before? Get away because God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll always be there and he'll give you what you need to do. And you know what? It might just be you and him walking on that path. But that's okay because he's only going to walk on his path. He ain't going to come up and walk on another one. Amen? He's not going to sow those kinds of things like Jezebel likes to do. And so he prayed to die. He just got depressed. He was tired. He was overwhelmed. He was at the place. He said, I'm just done. I want to be finished with it. I don't want to do it no more. And Satan's tacks come at us at two times. He had just had a big victory. And the devil showed up right after the big victory and knocked him down. Or when you're tired, when you're weak, when you're weary, that's when the devil's going to come knocking. He'll always show up at those times, and that's what he, and God allows those things to happen so we can grow, but don't let your guard down. Always go to the Lord in prayer. So God ministered to him in his time when he was under the broom tree, sent angels to minister to him. Who did did God send angels to minister to in the New Testament? Jesus. In the wilderness. Every day. I think he had angels with him every day helping him out. But we know specifically in scripture that those times that angels ministered to Jesus. That means God's going to help you. No matter what you're facing, God is going to help you. He led him to a place called Horeb. It's the mountain of God. I won't tell you a secret about that. We can, we can take and make places holy places sometimes. And maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong on this. But I think the only thing about Horeb is, is it was a place where he was away from everything and away from distractions. I love it that you did music the way you did it tonight. Because I was going to ask George if you can find Klaus, the piano stuff, and we're going to play it very lightly when we pray. Because we need to be alone with God tonight. We need to be off to ourselves with God tonight. Let me ask you something. Do you got a place that you go to to get alone with God when you're not here? Will the devil ever try to get you out of that place and not let you go there? He's an enemy. He knows where that spot's at. He knows what needs to be happening. He knows and he don't want you to get to the place of prayer because of the power of prayer. I talked to Dave Burnett this evening. Surgery went well. He's just a little groggy. On his way home, doctor said it was a lot of work that had to be done, but he got him fixed up. He said the only pain he had was right where they put the incision. He's going to have three or four weeks of rehab and taking it easy while he heals up for the work that they had to do. But his voice was shaky, and he said, Brother Ken, if nobody believes in the power of prayer and what God can do, I am living proof. The man's got a testimony. We need to give God praise. Because you remember this morning, about 10 o'clock, or 10.30, we was down here praying. We was praying for Brother Dave. We can give the doctor the praise that he deserves because he did it. But you know what? God is the one that saw it come through. Doctors have went to save people and couldn't save them before. 
But when he goes in, when Elijah goes into this cave and got what God's directing him to do, all these things come. The earthquake, the wind, the fire, but God wasn't in them. God was in the still, small voice. We have to learn to hear his voice. I can't emphasize that enough. If we can't hear his voice, then we can't receive direction when we're facing something. We can't see, receive direction when it comes to how our church is going to operate, what we're going to do, where we're going to go, how we're going to do it. We have to be able to hear from God. Let me let you in on a little secret. Something major happened in the New Testament in Acts chapter 2. They were in one accord. You see, when we get to the place that we're hearing from God, there's not going to be a lot of different voices. There's not going to be a lot of different options. You can't go west and go north, south, and all these other places. You have to do what God says. Amen? The multitude of counselors, there is safety. I'm going to challenge you tonight. That is only possible whenever you have spirit-filled people who are seeking God. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of noise. A lot of noise. We need to be listening to God tonight. We need to hear from Him. I guess we could title this and call it Playing It By Ear. <laughs> I probably aggravate some of you all to death because I do a whole lot of playing by the ear. Donna, sweetie, when I left my job to become a pastor, I was playing it by ear. I was so out of my comfort zone. To move here, sell a home, buy a home, give up a career, come to a new, something, a calling that God put on me. I know it's a calling now because I'll tell you, I've quit a whole bunch of times. and I'm still here. I'm still doing. But God said, oh, no, you need to get off with me because... What I told you then is still true. I didn't tell you a lie. Hang in there. Hang on. Have you ever been there? You felt like giving up? You got to listen for that still small voice and you got to let him minister to you. When he does it, he will strengthen you. Amen? He will strengthen you. Play it by ear. Being able to hear what God has to say. Listen for him. Call out to him and then listen for him. Sometimes he takes us on some journeys that we just don't seem like it's right, but it's the right thing. Amen? Play it by ear. Let the Lord lead you. He knows what message needs to be preached next year at Christmas. He hasn't told me yet. If he does, I'll write it down. I'll keep my ear to the grind. I'll keep listening to him. But sometimes we just got to get alone with him and get away from all the noise. Let him minister. So tonight we're going to pray for our prayer request, but I also want you to pray for yourself. I want you to find a place in this church somewhere where you're alone. Maybe you're out of range that you don't hear other people praying. You know, sometimes that can affect you. You just need to get a place where you're alone and you can just talk with God and, and let God talk to you. You got to hear from him. We got to hear from him. It's imperative that we hear from him because you know what? Jezebel wants to take us down. She don't get to do that unless we say so. Amen? We got a God who loves us. We got a God who has an agenda and a, and a purpose. 
Amen. And his purpose and his agenda is what? For souls. That we can grow stronger and make disciples that will follow us, that will make disciples that will follow them. And we teach and we learn and we continue to grow. We come across something this morning in Sunday school, and I want to share it real quick. Talking about the seed. Jesus used the parable of the sower. You remember that one? And some of them didn't make it through because they heard. Well, not that they heard, but the sun scorched them. Some of them fell on ground. It wasn't no good. They didn't do anything. But some of it fell on good ground, and it produced 160 and 30-fold. Folks, there's a seed called a hybrid seed. And a hybrid seed will grow a nice grapefruit or a nice anything, really. Cantaloupes is a good one. Corn's good. I mean, you can use get these hybrid seeds, and these seeds will grow, and they've been genetically manipulated so that they'll be the best that they can be. They don't have to have a lot of water, some of them. If it's in a place where they have a lot of water, then they can tolerate a lot of water. They fix them so that they can grow, but there's something about that hybrid seed. You can eat it. It'll fill you one time. But if you try to save any of those kernels of corn or any of those cantaloupe seeds that come in them, it, it, you can put them in the ground and it'll probably grow a vine, but it'll never produce a fruit. I don't know why I'm telling you this tonight because it really doesn't fix with this, I guess. But in order to have fruit, there's a lot of things that look good. It looks like it is something. But it can never reproduce itself. And my prayer is, folks, that we get to the place that we're not to where we can't reproduce. Your children will be church people like you are, Brother Danny. Our church people children will be like we are in this church. However we raise them up and train them, they will be what we are. Now, if we're not good, then we're going to reproduce some not good stuff. But if we're following the Lord, we will reproduce some good stuff for his kingdom. We'll produce some good stuff that people will know, this is where I can come and receive. This is what I get from God. But there's a whole lot out there, folks, that it looks like it is something. And it'll fill you one meal. But you'll never reproduce off of it again. It cannot reproduce itself. Let's pray tonight that we're not those. I always call them fake Christians. They learn the lingo. They know how to act. They play this, the game. But the question to ask ourselves tonight, this is I ask myself this as pastor, as Ken, just as Ken, not really as pastor. Are we reproducing? To me, that's the litmus test I get to put me up against. I can't put you up against it because I don't know. That's God's job. Are we able to reproduce? Jezebel can come in and she can intimidate. She can manipulate. She can do all these things. But I'm telling you that when the power of God is there, mighty, great things are going to happen. I'm going to tell you, people are going to get saved. We're going to have people getting healed. We're going to have all kinds of things going on. People that we've been praying for for years are going to be delivered. We're going to see the power of God move. Why? Because it's the real deal. Why? Because we're not playing the game. We're not... We're not we're not faking anything. It's real. And whenever it's real, it'll reproduce more. It'll produce 60. It'll produce 100. It'll produce 30-fold. That's what the Bible says.
And so we sometimes have to get off away and get alone with God whenever we're afraid of the devil, when we're afraid of Jezebel, when Jezebel's taken. we got to get a place that we're alone with God and we can listen to his instruction. And he said, I need you to pass the mantle on to a fellow by the name of Elisha. That's what happens next in, the, in that story. Because he had to listen to what God had to say. Otherwise, he could have been doing godly things or it would have seemed like it and we wouldn't have had all the rest of the stories in the Bible that happened. We have to follow God. We've got to make people who will fill in for us when we're gone. Tonight as we pray, do that. Pray for yourself. Lord, let me be a disciple-making machine. Whatever you want me to do. The man touched on it this morning. What is your talent? And don't let Jezebel tell you you can't do it. Because the devil will tell you that. And you know what you'll do? You'll spend your life sitting and doing nothing. Amen? So let's not do that. So let's pray. George, if you've got that music ready, we're going to pray and then we're going to do something else. We're playing it by ear.